Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Father, we just love you today. We just love you today. Lord, we know you've been, uh, you've been dealing with fear and anxiety and depression which is an epidemic in our culture today, has been for the last couple of years, kids dealing with it, seniors dealing with this, everyone. And Father, you've left a mighty man of God who also dealt with it, named Elijah. You left him in the Bible for us to study and to gain insight and instruction. And we're learning from him, and I pray today, God, that you would just continue to build on the message from last week. Thank you for all the great things that you have begun, the testimonies. uh, So many, God, you have just really done something and began something in your people through uh, through this message and this story. We pray you have your way today as we look how he came out of the cave today. Help us to come out and to stay out of these caves, Father. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. You ready for the word today? Come on, you ready for the word today on this Labor Day weekend? Yeah, Labor Day weekend, good crowd. Not everybody went camping, amen. Good to see you. Youth packed out, looking good, amen. How many's ready for youth again on Wednesday nights? Come on, you guys ready? Amen. Yeah, so uh, got some great things happening. Also want to mention to you, starting next Sunday, our pre-service prayer is going to be moving into the chapel. So come early, and at 9.30 to 10.15, everybody say 9.30. Tell the person next to you, you coming at 9.30. Tell them back, only if the stream's open. Come on, 9.30. Next Sunday, 9.30, you want to come early, you want to pray for the service and, and just be in a, in a corporate prayer, Head to the chapel. Every Sunday morning, 9.30 to 10.15, we're going to be doing pre-service prayer up there. Come and get ready. And then bring that right into the service, and we're going to see God continue to move. Amen? Amen. How many worship on our way to church? How many worship on our way to church? How many pray on our way to church? Amen. You're getting set for the service. This is another way of doing that. So pre-service prayer is starting next service. Okay, so let me have a few minutes and share this word, and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray for several of you that need prayer. Also going to pray for Kiki, uh, her and their family. She just lost her grandmother. So the Browns and the Gaines uh, family are going to need some prayer today. And uh, so we're going to pray for folks today. Many of you responded and said you had some prayer needs. So we're going to pray for all of you today that need prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Go over with me to 1 Kings 19. You don't have to stand today. We're just going to uh, read as we go. And uh, you're joining us online. You open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. Kind of going off of a message I started last Sunday where we have been talking about breaking cycles. And one of the cycles that we've focused on for two weeks now has been this cycle of fear, anxiety, and depression, um, which so many are dealing with today. And it's, uh, even if you're a person of faith, as we looked at Elijah, 
uh, being a man of God and a man of faith, he also dealt with this, and he's, he's the guy we're looking at in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we'll look at a couple more scriptures as we go through, as we talk about what brought him out of the cave, okay? We talked last week of what uh, got him into this, and let me just uh, get right into this, just to recap a little bit, and also kind of give some, some new uh, insight as I went back and looked at this again, again, I just, that's where I've been, just studying this out, um, what God is showing me some, so many things here, is that how did this mighty man of God uh, go from uh, calling fire down from heaven and just being so full of, a, of faith, uh, just in six verses later, to literally want to die and, 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 and end his life. Um, and if you look at what happened, it was a, a woman named Jezebel, as we looked at last week, and know that she's more than just a female, more than just a woman. It's a literal spirit that Jesus mentioned in Revelation, said it's the spirit of Jezebel, uh, and how uh, she manipulates and she seduces people uh, and us, to uh, base upon our feelings. And she gets into our feelings in our mind. It's a spiritual uh, attack. And did you notice how this whole thing happened with uh, Jezebel? As I said last week, she kind of did a Facebook post. It was a simple message. It was just a message, right? She never came and confronted Elijah. She physically never came to him, got in front of his face, and said these things. See, the devil will not come to you face to face. He will not show up and just grab you. He knows that. He knows he can't take you out. He knows she couldn't take Elijah out. She knew that. So she sent her messages, her thoughts. And I I shared with you last week how the enemy has done that. I experienced that in my life uh, many times and how they were just thoughts. And that's what he does. He just sends thoughts into our minds and gets us, gets us thinking like this and gets these mindsets going. Um, how many of you ever had those kind of thoughts that, we, that may keep you up in the middle of the night? And that, that rumination as we talked last week and you, you put your phone down and you try to go to bed but then thoughts just keep coming up or sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and, and those thoughts are always bad, right? They always come back worse than they were the first time. Uh, and, and you're no good. Well, I want you to know, God is not telling you that. You, you think God is telling you that? You think God is really saying you're no good, you're never going to be good? You can't do that, you're never going to be able to serve God? You, you think that God in, in heaven, our creator, is saying that to you? I mean, no, it's the devil. It's the enemy. It's the source of evil, as the Bible says, that he's the accuser of the brethren. And he does it through messages. He does it through words. So I just want to peel back the curtain on the enemy in, the, in, this, in this series of messages and let you know that it's not God that's doing it. That is the enemy. You have an adversary. You have an enemy. But you also have authority over the enemy. Now, Elijah should have stood right up and got that message and, and, and said, hey, do a, you know, record this on your phone if they had it back there, and, and burned it or something and say, go send that message back. Tell her to meet me here tomorrow. Because Tell her to meet me back on that mountain again tomorrow. Because I'm going to give her some of what God did with her false prophets. Come on, somebody. That's what he should have done. That's what we should have done. But he didn't. He ran. And many of us, we end up getting into that, into that cycle. And we looked at it last week, that disappointment and that discouragement. And then that detachment. That's when we just isolate ourselves and we break away from people. And then we get into the depression, and then the thoughts come. And there he was, ruminating. He was having those thoughts. Verse 4, 7, and 14, three times he keeps just having those thoughts about he's not good enough, and that he's not going to be able to make it. And I found a scripture 
that I didn't share last week, but I just found this because I, I know King David. I went back and looked at him because he's just the guy that I always go to. And, you know, he experienced this. He was also in a cave. Uh, and in Psalm 94, he writes and he says, When my anxious thoughts multiply within me. He's talking about the same thing Elijah did. He said, my anxious thoughts, they multiply within me. That's exactly what he's talking about. Is when you, when you sit there and you try to go to bed at night. And I say nighttime because often that's when we feel the most vulnerable. Is when we're tired and when we're empty. And I'm going to get to that in, in to a moment. In fact, have you ever noticed that when you're fully awake, you try to think of those thoughts again and they got no power over you. You're like, why was, I, why was I up all night for? That was the stupidest thing ever. Worrying about my dog. Worrying about my tire on my car. Or something. But when you're tired, when you're half asleep, when you're empty, when you're, when you're vulnerable like that, that's when the enemy comes. That's when he came to Elijah. But David said, my thoughts multiply. My anxious thoughts multiply. They, are just, they just regularly will multiply within our minds and our hearts. If we let them. And we learned last week, and we closed the service last week, praying over the minds, and gave you 2 Corinthians 10.4. How many of you applied that this week? How many had to use some spiritual warfare this week? Lift your hand this way. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Good, good. Use that forever, man, the rest of your walk with God. That, that is a thing that you do. Now you're able to recognize where you are in that cycle. I love the word of God. You're able to say, no, this is the trick of the enemy. I'm not going to let him take me out like that. Again, because Jezebel never came and confronted him, she just sent her message, and the devil won't either. He'll just send those thoughts to you. Because he can't get you out of God's will. The only person that can get you out of God's will is you. You're the only one that can get yourself out of God. The children of Israel, uh, they're the only ones that hindered themselves from the promised land. By complaining, by going through that whole cycle of things. But, the, but Elijah had these negative thoughts and I didn't mention this last week but I looked at it again and here he goes he makes this random comment that I'm no better than my father's what's he doing it's another part of the cycle he's comparing himself this is another part of the cycle that leads to the depression fear and anxiety and depression that cycle is when we begin to compare ourselves with other people Social media is a huge source for this man it's a huge huge source for that we just look at pictures and what other families are doing and other people are doing. And by the way, we only post the best anyway. And sometimes we forget that. But no, 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 no. And we all have filters. There's all, always highlights. But we really need to come to and be honest with one another and realize that those are just some of the best highlights that we put on. So don't, don't compare yourself with other people's highlight reels. The enemy loves to make you think that way. It's a game that he plays. And here Elijah's doing the same thing. I'm no better than my father's. There's this thing that I just learned. It was in a book I read, and it's called Selective Ignorance. Be, sele you, be selective on what you know. We don't have to know the breaking story. Every hour, there's a breaking story. You ever realize that? There's always a breaking story. Your phone's always being notifications. I turned my notifications off on my messenger. I turned it off on my Twitter. The only thing I have is my Facebook, and I turned my notifications off on that. It's, I have to go and look and see if I got a message because I, I, I'm selective now. And, and it's, ignorance is bliss, as they say. Yes, it is. 
I don't know what the FBI is doing with Trump's emails or whatever is going on there. I, I can really care less because that's not going to help me put money in my pocket or help me with the battles I got to fight this week. It, it ain't going to do me any good what the FBI is going to do or what Nancy Pelosi is going to do. I, I really, I don't know. I don't know. You, you may want to be absorbed by that and got to continue. And it's just a trick of the enemy to get us to start thinking about it in fear and anxiety and depression. Because I tell you what, if you just look around this world, it's easy to get afraid because this world is falling apart. But I choose to keep my eyes on Jesus. Come on, keep my eyes on Jesus, the, the author and the finisher of my faith. I choose to do that. I'm selective. It's a blessing to be able to be selective, selective ignorance. So people say, did you hear? Nope. Let me hear. Is it as important? And then usually if it's, it's usually the same thing, something different though, but it's just like the same. That's selective ignorance. But it's, try it. It's bliss, telling you. Well, don't you watch the news? Yeah, you watch the news. You're either going to get misinformed or uninformed. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do with all that? It's just, a, it's just a cycle. We've never had with our phones today. I was just thinking about this. I was watching this movie and it was in the 80s, and they had the telephones. I just got to thinking about those days, man. You remember those days? Nobody could ever get a hold of you until you got home. You remember that? No one could, and you'd have a message. You don't have a voicemail <laughs> or an answering machine. <laughs> that was it. You could not text me. There was no text messages. There was no nothing. If you went over to somebody's house, they'd be like, oh, someone's been calling for you. And sometimes you go to other people's houses all day, and like, man, everyone's been calling for you. That's the only way you found out someone's been trying to get a hold of you. But now we have, tw- people have 24-7 access to our lives. Just 24-7, just all the time. And it's just, it's enough. It's enough. All right, so, as you look at the rest of the story here, I told you I wasn't going to preach long. Lying in the pulpit. Verse 5 and 6 is how God begins. So that was Elijah, okay? He's, he's in the cave. First he went to this tree, and then he ran to this cave, and he's in this deep, dark depression. And we done touched base on that last week. Now, how did God bring him out? There was these three things that just stand right out, so simple, so true in this story. That I got to looking at us, man, this is, this is just so amazing. It's so true. This is exactly how we overcome fear, anxiety, and depression. And if we pick it up in verse 5 and 6, it's on the screen. And it says, then as he lay down and he slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him. And said to him, and here's point one, arise and eat. Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake bread, what was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank, and then he lay down again. And the, verse, the next verse says, the angel came to him again and said, Elijah, get up, arise and eat. For the journey is too much for you. I want you to notice that the very first thing the angel did is he addressed his physical health before he addressed his spiritual health. This is where many of us Christians, our spirit-filled Christians, totally overlook. And we think that's not important. You notice the angel didn't appear to him and say, Be full of courage, mighty man of God and mighty man of faith. Stand on the word of God. Get up, shake yourself. He says, you need to eat. You're tired. You're physically exhausted. You're pushing yourself way, way too much, Elijah. 
The Bible says that he ran over 100 miles on foot. This was after he outran Ahab's chariot. He ran 100 miles to Beersheba and then to this cave. That's a six days journey if you do it on feet, on foot and no breaks. Six days this man is going. That's why he's exhausted. He's totally wiped out. And this is when fear, I'm telling you, it has a lot. We, we neglect to believe and understand how important it is to take care of our vessel. Our bodies are the vessel of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus would break away and say, hey, I, I need to get along with God. The Bible says that there was a couple times when he made his disciples stop what they were doing and turn aside for the crowd kept thronging them and they were exhausted. Sometimes, remember this, sometimes fear, anxiety, and depression is a chemical imbalance, but sometimes it's a life out of balance. And I'm all for medicine, and I'm all for that, and we're going to see how God treated him, and it's a real deal, and, and I'm all, I believe in therapy, all, but sometimes it's just simply we're pushing the limits too much. We're just go, 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 and, and we're just being driven by these notifications, and everyone wants us here, and everybody wants us here. We have no time to stop and pray, no time to stop and read, and, and we, try to, we try to do this, and we're trying to be yes to everybody and have something for everybody, and, and soon when we run like that, we're going to have nothing for nobody. This is exactly what happened to Elijah. This is the same thing that happens in so many of us when we get so exhausted and we empty our, we get empty. I wrote this down and I thought about this. Busyness often leads to spiritual emptiness and emotional exhaustion, which makes us vulnerable to anxiety, depression, and spiritual attacks. This right here. Sometimes it's not all spiritual. Sometimes it's the practical things that we need to, not neglect. James, the book of James, he comes along and he says, you know somebody that's hurting, don't just say, I'm gonna pray for you, brother. He said, go give them something to eat. Go give them some clothes if they need clothes. Do something practical. Don't just pray for them and just say, yeah, I'm just gonna pray for you. No, James says, you need to do something. Jesus was always doing something practical, as spiritual as he was. Sometimes the enemy's attacking our marriage, but the, the most uh, successful thing we can do is just simply do something practical and tell our wives we love them. And, and to cherish our loved ones. I ain't getting no help in this church today. Sometimes it's just, oh, the devil's fighting my marriage. When's the last time you told her you loved her? When's the last time you told him you loved him and he looks good and he's handsome and he's good looking? Lie if you have to. Come on, it's your marriage that's on stake. And, 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 tell, and take him out and say, I love you and only you. You smell so good and you, I love being around you. I mean, come on, somebody. That's practical stuff. Cherish one another. It's not all spiritual. Wanting to go on a three-day fast and your husband's like, I'll do it because I ain't seen you in a week. If I got to skip meal, and we wonder why the devil, we try to be so spiritual sometimes. And we forget that we're practical people and human beings in, in a body. The Ten Commandments, God left in the Ten Commandments. All po powerful God took a break and rested on the Sabbath. Not that because he was tired. He did it, what, as an example to set in motion that you and I need to build a Sabbath. We need to build margin in our life. Hear me today. This is so profound to so many. You got to build margin into your life and boundaries. Boundaries are biblical. You can't be there for everybody all the time. And you can't run, run, run. You're working 60 hours and, and 80 hours a week and we're going crazy and we're wondering why we're having these thoughts and we're, you're empty like Elijah was. 
The angel shows up and he says, I'm not going to preach to you. I'm not going to give you a sermon. You need to sleep. You need to eat something better than Twinkies. Running around, the devil's fighting my health. Okay. Come on, somebody. I could go longer and you know it. You know it. Amen. You know what it is. I'm telling you, you got to eat lettuce all the time either. That's not what I'm saying. But put some greens on the plate, brother. I mean, it ain't going to hurt you. Not those green jelly beans. I'm talking about some greens on that plate. Hallelujah. Physical stuff. Come on, somebody. We are in a physical body. And this is exactly what God, the angel, came to him. Balance. Everybody say balance. Rest does wonders for emotional health. It really does. Again, this sounds like what? It's it's the Bible. What did the angel do? I got this from Elijah. Was Elijah suicidal? Yeah. What did the angel say? Did I just make this up? No. He came to him and said, you need to eat. Why did he say, man, you don't need no food. Come on, get the anointing. Hallelujah. Listen to this song by Maverick City. Here to get you going. Hallelujah. Get all hyper. You know, light something on fire. I don't know, whatever you think of. We think of. He's like, no, 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 no. You need to eat. David said this. He said, in vain you rise up early and you stay up late, toiling, looking for food. But he gives his beloved sleep. David said, man, you, don't got, you can't stay up at 2 o'clock in the morning playing video games and, ex, and expect to see victory in your schoolwork and in your, in your relationships and wonder why God's not... I can't hear nothing from God. When I pray, I don't feel nothing. Yeah, because your mind's on call of duty. You're looking at everybody like this and that. You're looking at everybody like this. Every time you look around, everything thinks you will that because your mind is consumed with this, 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 and what's next and what's that. Staying up late. This is the Bible. In vain you, write, you stay up late in, in this. And I know some of you are night owls. But sometimes this, could, this right here could help you do so many things. This is what brought Elijah out was he first gave him some food, a rise in the, okay, got to keep going. The second thing, now we're going to deal with the spiritual. Some of you all need, need to uh, hear that first part. And then there's some of you that do the first part. Maybe you're on medicine. Maybe you do, you do take care of yourself but you neglect yourself spiritually. The Bible says here that uh, in verse 11 through 13, then God said, go out and stand. Here's your point. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. That was pretty sweet. Imagine that. Came out. But look what it says. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Fire shut up in my bones. But the Lord was not in the fire. Am I reading that right? Is that right? He wasn't in the fire. But let me tell you something. He was in the fire in chapter 18. He was in the wind in earlier times of Elijah's life. And in later times of his life, it's a chariot of fire that comes and gets him. But right now in this moment, it's not earthquakes. It's not bells and whistles and fireworks and shouting and running around the church that's going to bring him out of the cave. What came next? A small, still voice. And when Elijah heard it, everybody say it. When he heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and he came out. 
So first of all, he didn't even come out when the fire was happening and the earthquake was happening and the wind was blowing. He didn't even come out. The Bible says he, he just now came out. So God says, come out of the cave. And he brought wind and fire. He didn't even come out of the cave. He just was kind of like, I'm going to watch online today. That's what he did. I'm just, I'm just going to watch. And listen, you can get in such a, a funk, a dip- darkness, where you're just really... I mean, one of the conditions of depression is you no longer have joy or pleasure over the things that used to bring you joy and pleasure. That's one of the symptoms of depression and anxiety is when you used to get happy and this used to bring me joy. Now, if that is happening to you, that's exactly, isn't it amazing how this is Elijah in the Bible? And you can put this right next to one of the, the books from a doctor on mental health and emotional health today. And it's like, this is amazing. I'm not making any of this up. I'm bringing right out to you what the Holy Spirit highlighted. This was written two and a half thousand years ago. (laughs) That's why I love the word of God. That's why I love the word of God. But it said the Lord was not in the wind. He was not in the earthquake. He wasn't in those things. Sometimes we get so content and we think that just because last time God did it that way, He's going to do it again this time. And that's what this whole point of this message right here is in this go out and stand. It's because God said, listen, I want to reveal myself to you in a newer way. I, I want to reveal myself to you. You already know about the fire. You already know about the wind. You already know about the power. You already know about Pentecost. Some of y'all been around it. You know all about praying in the Holy Ghost and anointing with oil, and you know all of that. But God is saying, when's the last time you received something fresh? When's the last time you received something new? When's the last time you had some fresh manna? You had some fresh oil that came from me? When's the last time I revealed something new? Let me hear something, what God has just told you recently. Quit telling me what he did 10 years ago when you was, you know, at 1999. I wish we'd go back to the old days. I don't, brother. You can have them. Number one, they weren't all that good. Some of the good stuff we'll bring out. Jesus even said that a, a, a teacher of the kingdom will bring out some of the, good, the old with the new. But not everything in the old needs to be reinvented. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't need the Walkman radio no more, guys. Apple took care of that. When everybody else hears your music more than you do. But he said to Elijah, I want to show you something new. Listen, hear me today. If you're in, you get yourself into a place where you feel this way. The Lord is just saying, hey man, I want to show myself new to you today. The best antidepressant there is, is to know God. I'm not knocking antidepressants. They're good. If some of you are on them, praise God. Then I hope they're working. There's a sister in our church, though, I will tell you this, just told me this recently. She's been on them for decades, and she no longer takes antidepressants. I'm going to get her to share her story. Amen. Amen? She no longer needs them after decades, 20, 30 years, I believe, she said. And I don't recommend you go off any kind of medicine without talking to your doctor. That's not what I'm telling you. You know what this woman was doing? She said all I was doing was studying faith. Studying faith in the Bible. And she just saw her mental health. She never what? She never done that before. See something new. Some of y'all know John 3.16. Okay, let's go a little deeper. And start learning something. Watch God reveal himself in a new way. And that's what God is saying. 
even after he did the physical stuff, he still, I want you to notice that that depression came back. After he ate, he got up, he ate. Okay, some of you are like, okay, Pastor Eddie, I need to hit the gym. Or I need to put some greens on my plate. I got it. I need to sleep. I need to cut the video games off at 11 p.m. I got it. Turn my phone on silent mode. I got it. I got it. If you don't address this other part, it's going to come back. Because it came back to Elijah. Why? Because you need the physical. Some of y'all needed to hear that because you, you, you don't do any of that. But the spiritual is also extremely important. You have to have a fresh encounter with God. God revealed himself. And then he put his face in his mantle. I just love that little part where he put his face in his mantle. When I was reading, I said, why did he do that? He put his face in his mantle. A mantle is what Elijah wore. When you saw the mantle, there was a time in, earlier in a few chapters, this guy came across Elijah, and he went back to King Ahab. And he said, man, I saw this guy, and he was just a prophet of the Lord. And Ahab said, what did he look like? He said, he had this mantle on. He goes, that was Elijah. He was, when you wear that, uh, that mantle, it was to let everybody know you are a prophet of the Lord. What did he do? He didn't have it on. He took it off. But now he's in the cave, and the Bible says when he heard that whisper, he put his face into that, into that mantle. What was that doing? He was remembering who he was. He was remembering his identity. And, and, and here's the thing I hear all the time. Well, you're getting my anxiety stirred up. Well, listen, quit, quit naming it. You don't own it. Some of us own our issue too much. You're, you're triggering my, my anxiety. No, 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 it's okay to say you're causing me to feel anxious. But I ain't going to say, hey, this is me and my anxiety. How you doing? I'm Eddie. This is anxiety. Don't get my anxiety going. You're going to get my depression going. What are you calling it you for? Why are you owning it like it's mine? It's not my addiction. I'm not an addicted person. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a new person. I might have struggled in that, and there's times when it comes to me, but I don't own it, bro. That's not me. I don't own it. It's not my depression. Elijah said, no, wait a minute. i got to remember who I am. i got to remember that I am the prophet of Jehovah God, and he put his head in his mantle. Some of y'all need to just get your head back in the right place and get it out of that fog and get it off that TV and out of that YouTube and all those podcasts that's just saturating your mind and spinning your mind all over the place. And you need to get your mind back into the word of God and let that mind be renewed. I wish I had somebody that understood what I was saying today. Come on, Labor Day Church. Y'all with me today? Come on. Hallelujah. It's to set us free. Elijah said, what am I doing? What am I doing? This ain't me, man. This ain't me. I remember my dad tells the story when he first got saved and he first started coming to church. He was on fire for God. And then someone told him that, you know what? You can do whatever you want. You won't lose your salvation. And begin to tell him, you can, you can drink a little bit. You can do a little bit of this. And my dad's an alcoholic. So he ends up, a week later, and he goes right back to the bar. He goes right back to the bar. We were so happy to have this new church. We started going to this church. I started meeting these people. It was all new to us. And all of a sudden, we ain't going again no more. What happened? Jezebel got him. So he's sitting at a bar, and a dude in the bar looked at my dad. It's been more than a week. It's been a couple weeks. He goes, what are you doing here? 
Isn't it amazing how sometimes people have no idea God can use a donkey, so don't get too excited if he uses you. He can use it. Oh, God has used me. He used a donkey. He, you, in the King James, it's called a jackass. I'm just telling you that right now. Your Bible swears, not mine. I'm just telling you. That's what it says. He used a donkey. He used a, a rooster. And we think we're something because God uses us. No, 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 no. This dude looked over at my dad and he goes, what are you doing here in a bar? And my dad looked and he goes, you're right. I don't know. Later that night, he leaves the bar and he goes with his buddy and he's out drinking with his buddy because the bar is too expensive to get drunk. So you'll know you go there to get started, but you always go to your after party. My dad's sitting there getting drunk and him and his buddy and his buddy at the late at night is sick from drinking so much. These are grown men. He walks over and he goes, Ugh, and he just starts throwing up. Isn't it fun? They'll never show that on a commercial. It's always that beautiful man, that beautiful woman. Come drink with me. Beer commercials are the funniest commercials. They just are. They got them all. And I love sports, and it's like every other one is like Miller Lite, Miller High Life. It should be Miller Low Life, okay? Because alcohol is a natural depressant, by the way. Y'all know this? I said it last week. I don't know why I'm battling depression. It just, it just keeps coming. Take some antidepressants with my 40. I mean, it's starting to... Just roll it up, you know. It's also an anti. It's also a natural um, depressant. It's some of these chemicals that we run to. Help me, Jesus. And my dad looks at his buddy puking his guts off. And the Holy Spirit says, Second Peter two twenty, right to my dad. As a dog returns to his vomit, so has the sinner returned to his sin. Holy Spirit. There was no preacher there. It was just the Holy Spirit. I thank God that my daddy lifted up that tailgate and left that six-pack there, and he said, see you later, John. John, okay, Paul. <laughs> daddy came home. He said, honey, I don't know what. I've been struggling with some stuff. Call pastor. Pastor Brown came over there, looked at my dad, and said, you've been letting the devil just steal from you, boy. Your, your identity is not an old drunk running around. I know you work hard at Fords, and so you work hard, so you feel entitled. You should, pray, you should uh, play hard. And, and that whole mindset, it's a life in the pit of hell. You are a king and a priest, a man of God. You should be leading your family out of this garbage and breaking the cycle of generation addiction and showing what a man of God is. You don't got to be perfect, but just be surrendered. Come on, Paul, get with it. That was in the late 70s. And I've had an awesome man of faith for all my life and my daughters and now my grandson. All because this man heard a voice of God out with his boys. I'm just preaching to you today. He's broke that cycle. Hallelujah. His identity. Quit owning our sin. Hallelujah. Last one. Let me just go back to work. You guys ready? Almost done. Then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. So he said, Elijah, arise and eat, man. Some of y'all physically, you're just out of whack. You're out of tune. Make some adjustments. Secondly, you need to get on fire for God. You need to surrender to God. You need to get in the word. You need to get before the Lord and just let him heal you. Let him touch you. Let him show. I love that he came in a whisper. God showed me this a long time ago. Why did he come in a whisper? When do you whisper to somebody? When you're close. When you're close. You don't go screaming in their ear. 
You whisper when you're the closest. And Elijah felt like he was abandoned. And God said, that's why the fire didn't work for you. That's why the wind didn't work for you. You didn't need that. You're going to need it later and you needed it then. But right now, you just need to know that I'm close. And I can tell you that I can be close with you. Elijah, come on out of the cave. And the last thing he told him to do, he said, go back to work. This is so good. Please listen. Please lean into this part. God told Elijah in verse 15, he said, I want you to go back the way you came. What does that mean? Go back to Beersheba. Beersheba is where the, the vow, place, Beersheba is where the place of the oath, remember? And he, he walked away from God. I showed you that last week. Now God said, I want you to come back. Why? Renew your commitment to the Lord. Hear me. I know it's Labor Day. Everybody's not here. Maybe they're watching online, but everybody needs to hear this. That's under the umbrella of River of Life. Please listen. Maybe it's time that we recommit our lives to the Lord. Elijah had to recommit his life to the Lord, and look what God did. God gave him an assignment. He gave him an assignment. Actually, it was three assignments. He said, I want you to go back, and I want you to anoint two kings, and then I want you to mentor Elisha. And I want to talk more about Elisha uh, next week. But he said, I want you to go back and to do this. Please listen. He didn't need pleasure. He needed purpose. Here's a guy that was suicidal. He was suicidal, and God comes to him, and at the very end, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to find purpose and meaning in your life. You don't have any purpose. You're just going to work, coming home, watching the news, whatever you're doing, going home. You're doing the same cycle. There's no purpose, no, no meaning. You haven't found your purpose. And when we don't find our purpose, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. David was bored. He was idle when he should have been out to war. But that's he stood home because, hey, he, was, he already did that stuff before. And he ended up having an affair with Bathsheba. I read this in this, in this book. This, this guy, his name is Victor Franklin. Listen, he's a Holocaust survivor, a philosopher, and a neurologist. He passed away. He lived in his late 90s, and he's got books out on depression. He disagreed with Sigmund Freud, who said that human beings are motivated by pleasure. That's, that's Freud. That's what he said. This guy, Holocaust survivor. Listen to his credentials. Holocaust survivor. You got me right there. He talks about how to overcome PTSD. If anyone knows how to overcome PTSD, I think it would be a Holocaust survivor. This guy lost his wife. He lost his dad. He lost his family. He was just a kid. It was brutal what he went through. He was in the constant, one of the camps and. It was just amazing what he went through. He ended up being this philosopher and this uh, Christian man who believed in God and, and got tons of books out. But he writes this. He says in his book, he says, uh, in 2001, there was a medical team that traveled to South Africa to train doctors in administering uh, antidepressants to patients. This team got over there to South Africa, and they're going to show the doctors how to treat people with antidepressants. Again, I'm not knocking antidepressants. If you're on them and they're working... Hey, I'm just telling you they're not always the answer is medicine. I mean, sometimes people just push us. We think that's the easy way out. I'm just telling you there's other ways. With these doctors, they came over there, and in Cambodia, the Cambodian doctors said, you know what, we don't need those antidepressants. We have our own. And they were like, oh, what do you got? You know, they're thinking some kind of tribal medicine and <laughs> in, in meditating. 
And they said, no, let me just tell you one of the stories, one of our success stories. We got a man here who's a farmer. And he was plowing in his field and he lost his leg. An old landmine exploded and blew his leg off. He survived, but he had to wear a prosthetic leg. He tried to go back to work, but he was so uncomfortable. And every time he went in back to the field, he would just cry, especially when he went by that place where he lost his leg. He was just so mentally depressed. He eventually was bedridden. He wouldn't even get out of the bed. He just cried day and night, and he was sobbing how his, everything he's worked for is now over, and he's not nowhere near to be the man that he used to be. And so they said, we gave him an antidepressant. True story. The doctors are all leaning in. They said, what did you give him? They said, we gave him a cow. He said, you gave him a cow. I said, yeah, we gave him a cow and taught him to be a milk farmer and a dairy farmer. He turned his entire field into pastures, started raising cows, and now he's a dairy farmer, one of the most successful in Cambodia, and he's never battled depression at all in his life since that day forward. What did he do? He did exactly what God did to Elijah. Exactly what God did to Elijah. He came to Elijah and said, Elijah, you don't need pleasure. You don't need more pleasure. You don't got to go on another vacation just to come back and feel the same way you're discouraged. You don't got to go on Facebook and see everybody else with all of their pictures and everything else and not knowing that they really deal with the same issues that you're dealing with. They just never put it on Facebook. You don't need to run to this and run to that. You just need to find purpose. Let me give you an assignment today. You were created and designed for more than just eight-hour shift at work. Purpose. And meaning. And Elijah said, okay. He got up and he went. And we're going to pick it up next week. Whose calendar are you on? Whose who's schedule? Who needs you? Are you needed by anybody? Do you, do you have, a, have a purpose? There's a, if you're a child of God, you have a purpose. You have a purpose if you are a believer. Your purpose is to fulfill the call of God in your life, is to further the kingdom of God. Find purpose in your life. I'm telling you, it's, it's so much more. There's books written on it. The Purpose Driven Life was one of the most sold copy books ever. It's just simply telling us what our purpose was based on God's word. You gotta have meaning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. So Elijah went back. I want to pray for some folks here today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worship team, as you come, as we close this service out, I want to show you how he went. He mentored Elisha. And then believe it or not, some of you may have never seen this, but Elijah actually dealt with depression again, and he tried to go back into this cycle. But his purpose kept him out. Sometimes what keeps me going and what has kept me going is when I look at my kids and I had my daughter, especially when I was young, I was coming out of that lifestyle. Men had bouts of depression and I would look at those kids. I would look at my life. I would look, that's where you find purpose. You find meaning. You find purpose in that. But there comes a time when some of, sometimes that's not good enough. I'm telling you. I don't know where you are in this occasion. Maybe it's a physical adjustments. If, if you deal with depression and anxiety, maybe it's just some physical adjustments. Maybe it's a spiritual awakening that you need. And number three, maybe you just need to find purpose. I mean, that's why we push serving so hard here at the church. Listen, jump into the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, serve somewhere. Join a team. 
It, it, it meet people on that team. It's so exciting. It gives you purpose of coming to church. And I'm telling you, it's not just to get people to sign up. It, you need it. Paul told Titus, he said, tell people in your church to be careful and warn them to maintain good works. Why did he say warn them? Because when we don't have nothing to do, it's easier to stay home. It's easier to not read your Bible if no one's holding you accountable. It's easy to just, ain't nobody going to ask me anyway. I could just show up in church. They don't even know. But no, when, you're, when you get involved on a team, take membership at a church, when you, when you take that next step, now you're starting to be held accountable. But it's going to work for your benefit. Watch, I'm telling you. Everybody in the Bible, when they got saved, they joined a local church. They didn't just get their Bible and say, well, it's just me and Jesus. We're good enough. I got my own Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm a Roman soldier. Book of Romans. Hallelujah. Nobody in the Bible did that. They come alongside and they said, hey, how can I serve? Lydia made purple clothes on everybody in the Bible. Just read it. It's there purpose church what's your purpose man what's your purpose do you know what your purpose well amen and amen i pray that message was a blessing to you that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the lord that's our prayer at river of light that every time you tune in and god speaks directly to your heart well this is pastor eddie again just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every tuesday a new message is uploaded Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.